and welcome back to Alien Theorists Theorizing, Open Channels. This is our fan call-in show, where prolapsers from all over the world call in, tell their stories, share their theories, or just shoot the shit. Today we have a good bunch of stories, ranging from UFO sightings, sleep paralysis, weird Slenderman sightings. We have one girl who calls in with a very well-prepared summary of the Paul McCartney is dead theory. She's got all our points put together. So it should be a good show. Today's show is myself and Braden taking calls from our listeners, who just happen to be some of the coolest people on the face of the planet. If you want to be on the show, if you want to come on and tell your theories, give your stories, the best way is to send us a quick email to alientheorists at gmail.com. Just give us a quick summary of your encounter, your story, your theory, whatever it is. We will try and give everybody a heads up when the next recording session is on, and we will try and get everybody on the show. Or as many as we can. All right, that's enough bullshit. Let's get to the stories. All right, our first caller is Melissa from Florida. She's calling in with a crazy UFO sighting she had not that long ago. All right, check it out. Cool. So my name's Melissa, and I I live in Florida. Um, Love Florida. Yeah, it's great here. I I hear all your crazy stories from Orlando, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I have a UFO story. This happened to me like a couple years ago. So, um, and I, that happened like with my boyfriend. I wanted him to come on the show and, and tell it because he always tells it better than I do. But he's afraid that the aliens are going to hear that we're talking about the experience and then they're going to start fucking with us because like they, they're going to like, you know, limit the exposure, you know. So, like, how petty of them. How <laughs> <laughs> Any of those aliens. Well, we, let's, uh, Continue, we'll, we'll, re- we'll reassure you that that's not going to happen. Okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> I was a little well, nervous. Well, I'm not going to. That's I guess, a, that's I guess you can't really guarantee anything. We can't guarantee anything, no. but we'll strongly suggest the aliens leave you alone. All right. Well, that's good enough for me. I like to, I like to, I like to pretend they're petty. They're really petty. And they've got nothing better to do. That's, Just I would fuck with people? Be. Yeah. Okay, well, tell your story either way. It's, it's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So me and my boyfriend were like uh, heading out to dinner and we like we like looked up in the sky and we like saw something weird. We were watching this like this like thing go up and like we thought it was a rocket launch. Like we could see different colored flames coming off of it and stuff, but it like didn't necessarily look like it was going up. It kind of looked like it was going sideways. And then all of a sudden it looked like the objects was really close to us and it was like gigantic and right above the tree line. So like we've also seen like the Goodyear blimp and stuff like flies through the area sometimes um so like we were thinking that it might be that even though it didn't have any of like the same colors as the Goodyear blimp but anyways we start like driving um uh towards the ocean um and like we're heading down the street and we see it moving towards the ocean as well and then like we we have to go over this really really high bridge And we're thinking, like, okay, we'll definitely see whatever this is when we go over the bridge. Because, like, it's, like, a super high vantage point. So we get to the top of the bridge, and it's nowhere to be seen. There's no planes. There's no, like, blimps in the sky. There's no helicopters. There's no rockets. It's just gone. Weird. So uh, that's pretty much it. So it looked like a rocket. It was going sideways. And then it came really close, got really big. Yeah. 
It was it was kind of like I don't know, sort of like blimp shaped, I guess, but like I don't know, wasn't wasn't a blimp. I feel like maybe like from I feel like maybe it could have even been saucer shaped because they're sort of similar, like from the angle you're at. I mean, right, like big elongated circular, right, blimp looking, but not a blimp. What? Yeah, and we we like checked. Uh, I like looked up on my phone to see if the Goodyear blimp was like going through the area, and it wasn't. And then I checked for rocket launches, and there was nothing. Interesting. Was there like other reports? A lot of people see it, or uh, not that I like. I didn't. I didn't hear anything of anyone else seeing it. Honestly, do you remember approximately what the date was? Like month. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, and there's there's like not really seasons here, so I can't remember. Like it was just hot outside. <laughs> it was hot and humid. It's always hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how how did you, like how did it make you feel? Because I know anytime I've like had experiences, like I get that like deep sensation of like I'm witnessing something. Would you get any feelings involved with that? Like any? No, uh, I, I'm pretty sure like. And I had this like visceral reaction. I feel like I like started crying a little bit because I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Weird. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling that of like you're seeing something definitely off. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't. I can't remember. See, we've been t- telling stories on on our pod for so long. I can't remember if we've told it, but uh, Ryan and I had had a a sighting like that that was eventually explained um right but we were inebriated on uh various substances that will not be named (laughs) and uh we uh we had seen what appeared to be like a, a slow moving star and another star went and and uh and like linked up with it and then they kept going traveling together and we were it looked like one star like a if you could imagine like a tow truck star coming and picking up another star and they just both carrying on together what? we were and we were all like what the hell is that and we we're freaking out we're like we saw a ufo 100 <laughs> percent. that's crazy and then like, like two days later we had read like a news article it was like uh, a space a space shuttle had docked at the International Space Station, and they're like, oh, if you were looking up in the sky on this date, you might have been able to see it. And we're like, oh, shit, that's probably what we saw was ah. uh, a shuttle a shuttle meeting up uh, or a satellite linking up with it. But uh, it was uh, definitely... I, I remember having that like that same like visceral feeling like just of like wonderment almost. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy time. I remember that vividly. Damn. Hmm. Yeah, we like, you know, kept an eye on the news and stuff, but like nothing, you know? Yeah, you should have reported it to, uh, um, I can't remember where you were, the UFO uh, database, whatever you call it. MUFON? I can't remember what it's called. I think you report your UFO sightings to MUFON. There's usually like a, a it, regional branch somewhere hmm. close to you. Oh. oh, we should volunteer. We should. At our local branch. <laughs> Um, Melissa, are you coming to Alien Con? Uh, no, I don't think I can make it. It's all the way across the yeah, country. That's a, yeah, that's a long way. Uh, that is, is long I, way. I'll be honest. I, I was thinking about it, but I don't think, I don't think I can make it this year. 
Well, one day uh, we'll do an alien con maybe in Florida. I don't know. Do they tra- does alien con tra- travel around or is it the same place every year? I feel like it's just. Um, it was in, I think it was Pasadena last year as well. Same, same. Okay. But WrestleMania likes to come through Florida all the time, and I love <laughs> WrestleMania. So only a matter of time before it's back in uh, Orange County there. All right, awesome. Well, yeah, when it when it comes back, we'll 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 hang out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, hey, Melissa, thanks for calling in. Um, and sharing some time with us. Yeah, uh, thank you guys. Story. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. We love all stories about UFOs, and that one sounds pretty cool. So thanks for sharing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, Melissa. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks, Melissa. Super cool UFO story. We love hearing about any unexplained sightings. They're always cool, no matter what they end up being in the end. Our next caller is Allison from Phoenix with a couple stories, one about a Ouija board and one about her sleep paralysis. Always terrifying. I'm Allison from Phoenix, born a couple of days after Phoenix Lights, and I think the aliens dropped me off, waiting for them to bring me back. And I'll start off with the Ouija board one. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the wait, sleep have you, paralysis. Have, have, you, have you heard our, our? Have you listened to our Ouija board experience? I listen to all of them. So yours oh. is going to be a lot, oh, a lot scarier than ours. I'm guessing. Well, things happen. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell us. Tell your story. You know, I'll I, shut up now. there's no way. No one was as scared as... I don't think anyone in the world's ever been as scared as Andrew was when we did the first one. <laughs> yeah, from the Haunted podcast today, I could tell he's a little scaredy cat. <laughs> yeah. yeah you can you say, say little bitch. It's fine. That's yeah, what you're going for. Call him a little bitch. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I was like 10, I want to say. And I was with my best friend. And we would do this thing where we'd go into my mom's room. Because it was just bigger, and we always hung out in there for some reason. When my mom was downstairs doing something, and we made we made a Ouija board with paper, and we used scotch tape as like the planchette thing. And I don't know why it worked, but we didn't. It didn't move, but the thing happened afterwards. So, I guess we just believed. And it worked. I don't know. But we were asking it questions and stuff. Nothing happened. You know, like we were like messing around and like she was moving it. I was moving it. We didn't close it. So what else we do? We turn off the lights and we sit in the dark. And we're on the bed. And we went to get milkshakes before. So I had a milkshake on the dresser. And so it's dark, the door's locked, we're just sitting there, because we like to scare ourselves like that, Um, and we hear a thump, and we're like, what was that? Like, we thought it was somebody downstairs, like, I don't know, it was weird. And then we turn on the lights, my milkshake is all over the ground, it's all over the bathroom, mirror, and behind the door. The door was like, cracked open, a little. It wasn't even open all the way. Mm. what a wasteful <laughs> ghost Ugh. it was it was i don't know and my friend remembers it too i just messaged her today we hadn't talked about it since then so wait you had a milkshake in your room it was in the room it was on the dresser and then 
The door was know. barely open. The door was barely opened, and then it was the gone and in the bathroom. Door. So oh the door God. to the room was locked. There's a bathroom in the room. That door was barely open. Oh, I see. Oh, shit. So I cleaned it up. So <laughs> it was there. Oh, oh, my God. I don't know if it was like a warning because nothing else happened after that. We didn't close well, it. We threw it away. Well, we've talked about it before where it seems like like little kids and stuff have like, it's almost like the veil's thin for them or they're easily uh, like reached. True. I see so, that. It could be, uh, it could be the, you're just more perceptive to it as a, as a child. Yeah, I was, um, I was so really into that like, stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay, I got a, qu- I got oh. a question. Cause you guys said you played the Ouija board, but nothing happened while you played. What, what were you, who were you trying to summon or talk to? I don't know anyone. I don't really, I didn't really know anyone who was dead. So <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just opening the board to whatever I you could opened find. It. We opened it. Yeah. But we didn't close it. We threw it away. So I guess it's somewhere else. Shit. Have you had, has there been anything else reoccur after that? Or is this the one time? No, that was my old house. So I don't, nothing happened over there again, but she remembers it. I remember it really weird. (laughs) Oh, that is super creepy. I don't know. You hear tons of creepy Ouija board stories, but. Yeah, but it's still like, it still makes me skeptical. Like I'm still not there. Yeah, because you but, didn't actually you didn't see it happen. You just seen like the after effect of what, exactly. And something. it was I didn't put I wouldn't put a freaking milkshake on like the side of the dresser where it falls off, especially because it's my mom's room and I would die. Right. So, yeah, there's that. Goddamn ghosts spilling milkshakes. All right, and now for Allison's terrifying shadow person encounter. I was 10 then so my we were at my boyfriend's mom's house we were staying there for like a month and um I would do my makeup and I like hear stuff but like I just thought it was like you know like the fridge how it makes noise when it makes ice and stuff I always think that but then I like hear things and I think it's his mom but his mom's not even there I don't know and then so I wasn't completely convinced because I don't know. I like to be a skeptic slash want a believer. And so one night it was my boyfriend left for work like early in the morning. And I'm like, you know, half asleep going back to sleep. And then I wake up again and like it's dark, but like I see some type of figure at the end of my bed and it like manifested into like something that like really terrifies me. I don't know why, but it reminded me of that. You know, have you guys seen Insidious? Yeah, like the very the, first when, one when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. The very first one, that dude that looks like oh. Darth Maul. I don't oh. know why yeah. it manifested into that, but his hair was like moving. I wasn't dreaming. Like I was awake. I was like blinking, and my heart was beating so fast, and I'm like breathing like out of control it was the most terrifying thing like i'm just blinking because i want to see if it goes away and it's just staring at me and then i'm like i finally like kind of wake up because it's like between that where you're sleeping but also you don't know i don't know have you ever had that yeah kind of like the twilight like 
kind of like between dream, like awake and dreaming. Yeah. Like, well, you're you're like in between a conscious state. Yeah. Yeah. Between like a conscious unconscious. So that's exactly what it was. I've read stuff where it's like you see, like you're 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 seeing into other realms and and things you can't see when you're con- fully conscious. Oh, that's so yeah. creepy. And it was not friendly at all. Like I didn't. I'm like pretty good on like picking up energies and that stuff. Like with people and anything, but like that energy was horrible. And oh. I never even spoken a word about, you know, the ghost thing in that house because I know that house is haunted. But uh, my boyfriend's mom's boyfriend has a kid who's 12, and she was telling them that the house is haunted. I never even talked to her about it. And one night they heard like the loudest bang on the outside wall. And, um, the dad, my boyfriend's mom's boyfriend, you know, um, he goes outside with a gun, like, fast, because he's, this is Arizona, (laughs) and no one's there, and it's, like, loud, like, it sounds like someone's, like, banging on it with, like, so much force, I don't know, but that shit's fucking haunted. That's... I haven't terrifying. stayed there since. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. That was. It yeah, followed nope. me home too. Followed you home. Like back to my parents' house because we stayed there for a month. And I live with my parents right now, and so I had another sleep paralysis thing. But it was like still kind of a figure. But I was like, I don't know. And then I realized it wasn't. But like I still felt that fear. There's. I don't know. Nothing else has happened since then. It was within like two weeks of each other. Crazy. We used to, my parents' house is 100%. It's like, honestly, my parents' house is built on some sort of like ancient Indian burial ground. And like there's phantom footsteps all the time. And like you'll be, you would be downstairs and they have like hardwood. So you'd hear the creaking as if someone's walking across the floor upstairs. And me and my brother used to always be like, who's home? And we'd, run upstairs and there's no one and we just freak the fuck out all the time oh that's wild he, st- he still lives there i should i should message him <laughs> and ask i'm gonna ask him if it's still uh, haunted yeah he still lives at home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i do too that's nothing wrong with that saving uh, money yeah but yeah. you're young you're much younger than them oh <laughs> than mr conspiracy <laughs> the mr conspiracy yeah he's got a couple yeah. years on you oh no uh, he's got yeah four or five yeah. oh i'm the one who keeps asking for the skinwalker stories by the way Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've only uh-huh. told one of them so far. They're too I need they're too they're too those, scary. Cuz I'm all about it. Because there's a long stretch of road between my house and my boyfriend's mom's house and it's just like desert and I keep thinking I'm going to see something there. Keep looking. Uh, yeah, I hope I don't, but I also do. Yeah, it'd be terrifying. They're out there. This is the perfect place for them. Thanks, Allison, for sharing those stories. Uh, our next caller is Brian from Gilbert, Arizona. I guess just outside of Phoenix. Maybe you guys know each other. Probably not. It's a little bigger than Canada. He's calling in today telling us about some strange paranormal activity that's happening in his house. Uh, my name's Brian. Um, I'm from Gilbert, Arizona, which is just outside of Phoenix. <clears throat> Um, so 
this year, somewhere in like January, maybe February-ish, um, my son woke up at like 1.30 in the morning screaming, like just murder, murderous screaming, like screaming I have not heard from him before. And just for backstory, um, I don't let my kids watch anything scary. You know, the they only watch cartoons and the easy stuff like Pokemon. So it's not something where where I would where I would attribute it to a nightmare. <clears throat> and so I go in there, and you know, I'm like, "Hey, what's what's going on, buddy? What's 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 wrong?" And um, he's like, he said that there was there was a dark shape and it tried to touch him and i've never seen him i've never seen him as scared as he was like he was so so scared like i've never seen that in him and like he gets scared with things with things you know like scared to jump off into the water and swim and stuff like that and no normal kid scared stuff this was like just terror And I and I'm real big on uh, dreams. You know, I, I never tell my kids, "Oh, it's just a dream. Forget it." Because you know, I have weird dreams, and I always try to learn something from my dreams when I have a dream. And so, and that's what I try to teach them. It's like, well, what can you learn from this? And he's like, "No, no, Dad, it wasn't a dream. It was here." <clears throat> so I couldn't get him to you know lay back down and go to sleep. And I was about ready to head to bed myself. Um, so I went and got some of my um, stones. I have um, a bunch of different little, you know, crystals and stones and stuff that I keep mostly for decoration. I don't put any stock into the whole hippie, ooh, this is for healing and this is for that. I, I keep them around more for decoration. But I know what their their properties are, too, because I go to those places and I see what they are when I buy them. And so I had three of them. I had a malachite stone, which is supposed to be like armor and protection for your dreams. Um, obsidian, which is supposed to take away negative energy. And um, I can't remember what the third one was. Oh, well. Anyway, I gave him the three stones and I told them what each of them would do. And I said, these will help you sleep. And finally, he kind of calmed down and he closed his eyes and, you know, just pet his head for a while. And then um, left the room, shut off the lights. Then I went to bed. And um, so I laid down. This is, I'm starting to shake just thinking about this part. <laughs> um, I went down to lay down and I went to sleep and I was, you know, I was just kind of thinking about it. And I was like, dude, I've never seen him like that before. I closed my eyes and went to sleep. And sometime about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't remember what time it was. I hadn't been asleep very long. I heard this bang. Like, you know when someone's messing with you and they just slam their fist on the door? Yep. And yeah. Yeah, they, it, that, that's what I heard. It was like just this loud boom. And... Everyone in the house is asleep. No one else. There, there was no one that would have done that. I, I have two cats, but 
I don't think there was anything they could have done that would have made that noise that loud without evidence <laughs> of it like, yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah. 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 Something, you know, something falling or something like that. There was nothing like that. And it was so loud that I thought my wife would have woke up from it, you know, like, <laughs> but I, I turned my head and I looked and she was, she was fast asleep. My eyes are wide open. And, but when I tried to move, like to jump up, cause that's really what I wanted to do. Cause the noise was so loud. I found that I wasn't moving. I was laying there and my, my arms wouldn't move and my legs wouldn't move. And I could, I really could only move my head. <sighs> And then I looked up, and we have um, have one of those glowing kind of like, it changes colors, lights, like nightlight thing that she keeps by her nightstand. So it changes from blue to red and stuff like that. And that's the only light in the room. The rest of the room is dark because we have those real black curtains on the on the walls. So really, you can only see light, the glowing blue-ish color on the, the rooftop. And when I looked up on the roof... There was a shadow above my roof. Oh shit! Right there, and right there in the ceiling, like right there in front of me, and um, and I just terror filled my heart. I was just, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, and I closed my eyes and I just started chanting. I was like, I was like, please, please go away, please go away, uh, something. And I was like, I was like, Jesus, Buddha, Tom Cruise, something, make this go away. And I just kept my eyes closed. I didn't want to open them again and look at it. And you could... How do you explain? Like, you could feel it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't touching me, but I could feel it in the room. Like, I like I could feel the energy in the room. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't feel it anymore. And when I couldn't feel it anymore, I found that I could move again. And when I opened my eyes, it was gone. <clears throat> Holy fuck. Um, and um, so the next morning, <clears throat> I, wa- I went to my son and I said, son, I think there was something in this house. And we are going to do a cleansing of this house. Um, now, I mentioned in the email that I sent you that, you know, um, I'm a massage therapist by trade. Um, I'm also a Reiki master. So I know a little bit about energy work and stuff like that. Um, what I did is I um, I showed him how to draw protective symbols on the walls in the house <coughs> with your fingertips and um, then we use sage throughout the house, um, which is sage is supposed to cleanse evil spirits. That's, I mean, that's what it's been used for for countless sages. Right. Sage is sage is your go-to thing. When you guys do your Ouija board stuff, you should have some sage with you. Um, and then the last thing um, that um, I did is. Um, I, I put salt on all the windows and the doors because salt is supposed to ward away evil spirits. <clears throat> and um, we haven't had an issue since, and he's felt a lot more comfortable because I did it for him, but I also did it for me because I was terrified from that moment and I didn't want anything like that to happen again. Um, so 
Um, you know, I did all I did all those things. Put the put the signs up on the walls, sage the house, salted the doors, and then we just talked about you know um, how some things can be real and some things can't. And you know, I can't real. I, I don't know how to teach him this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to him to to really make him feel better about it. Other than that, he can protect himself. Holy shit, man. I've had my own kind of like shadow. You probably heard it. I talked about it before. Like in my I have. Head. That shit like creeps me the fuck out because like I've, I've seen something. I've seen something that like the fear that instilled in me that day. Like when I had a moment of realization that that was no, no one no, like no one from of my family. I was like, I'll never forget that. So like whenever people talk about that, I'm always like, oh, shit. Creeps me out. Yes. Yeah, see, the only other time I, I I had something similar to that is I when I was about eight or nine years old. I know it was eight or nine because my brother was already born and walking, and we're six years apart. Um, I, I woke up in, in my room, and our doors are always open in my house that I grew up in. So my mom's door was open, and my door was open, and I could see my mom's bedroom. But I saw something that someone that I thought was my mother walk out of the bedroom and walk down the hall. So I got up and went to go see, you know, where she was going. And when I walked down the hall, when I walked into the hall, there was no one there. And then when I turned around, I looked, my mother was still in her bed. And that scared me back then when I was eight or nine years old. And I jumped, ran and jumped into my, my bed and hid it under the covers. And I started screaming, mom, mom. <laughs> And, uh, but I never saw anything else like that after that. And so I was like, okay, well, I saw that was my one ghost story. And then sure enough, this year I've had my second. <laughs> Crazy, man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's terrifying. I hate, man, I, I hate anything to do with when people are, we've had a lot of sleep paralysis stuff tonight. A lot of people telling sleep paralysis stories. Yeah, and like well, crazy that, ones. That, is all, that was all you know completely new to me. I've never felt, I've never had it where I felt like I couldn't move. That 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 was that was probably the scarier part of it than seeing it. Like seeing it, I'd be like, okay, I just saw something weird. My mind's playing tricks on me. But not being able to move, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's, <sighs> that's just insane. So what uh, what's your what's your theory on like these like sleep paralysis and shadow people and all that as far as theories i got nothing <laughs> um i mean well i have this um odd kind of thought that goes through my head where i feel that y you guys are familiar with the multiverse theory are you feel are you also familiar with like the fictional multiverse theory uh well they're all theoretical at the moment anyway i guess so what's that what's that yeah. other one well, the fictional one is is like where everything exists, you know, because if you think about every possible outcome of every single thing that can happen. So in the fictional one, that's where, you know, the Jedi exist, your Marvel characters exist, that Transformers movie that you hate, Brayden, exists. <laughs> nope. um, um, and, you know, I, I, I kind of... I kind of lean towards everything exists and it's all just shifting 
we're, we're catching glimpses of different dimensions is 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 pretty much where my train of thought is yeah i, is I, where I, I, I like that where I, I, I like that avenue of I've thinking towards that is that we're we're cat is that every once in a while your brain rewires or you're in the right ley line spot or or the the moon and sun are just right and you're, you're catching glimpses of these other places yeah that, that's what I, that that would be my best guess <laughs> yeah that's uh that's always kind of been my theory too is just like there's, we only perceive the universe on, like, say, 1% of the spectrum, and the rest of it is out there, and sometimes they kind of bump into each other. That's all, that, I've always kind of tried to think about it that way. It makes, it makes a, little more, like, a little more sense rather than saying, like, oh, it's just, it's just a ghost or something. Like, no, there's got to be something more to it. On the positive note, the way I like to think of it is that somewhere, somewhere in another universe, I'm a Jedi, and that is <laughs> awesome. It would be pretty fucking cool. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for calling in. Sounds like you have some paranormal activation going on with your house or something around you. Super weird. All right. Our next caller is Angelica, and she's calling in and giving us the full rundown of the Paul McCartney is dead conspiracy that he actually died back in the 60s and he was replaced with a body double and the Beatles just continued on like nothing ever happened. Now, no matter what you think of this conspiracy, you don't believe it, you believe it. She has her points really well together, and it's fun to listen to. Either way, enjoy. Hello. This is Angelica. Hello. Yeah, that is me. Awesome. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, Where are you from? I'm from Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. You like, are you like yeah. the Blue Jackets? Blue Jackets, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I'm from, well, I'm actually from Northeast Ohio, but I'm currently a student at Ohio State University, so I'm in Columbus right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. And real quick, like, I just got to give a quick shout out to my mom, because my mom is the one that got me into your guys' show, and we love to listen to you guys together, so. Oh, awesome. Shout out to your mom. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Shout out to your mom. What's your mom's name? Her mom, my mom's name is Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> Oh, she's going to think this is so cool. So um, real quick, I got to give a quick disclaimer about what I'm going to be talking about because it's a celebrity conspiracy. A great deal of speculation has gone into it. A lot of people, the points I'm going to be bringing up, a lot of people probably believe that they're complete bullshit and that um, they were just made up to kind of perpetuate this conspiracy for as long as it's been, as it's been going on. And, you know, all I got to say about that is hashtag look it up, believe whatever you want, and <laughs> fuck, end of the day. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. So, should I just get started? Yeah, go right into it. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's get into it. So, I'm going to be talking about the Paul is Dead conspiracy. And this is, of course, the conspiracy, urban legend, what have you, that Paul McCartney, of uh, first the Quarrymen, but probably most notably the Beatles, died in a car accident in November of 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike in a massive cover up by the UK's My Five Agency. So I'm um, kind of getting into the history, the backstory. Um, the conspiracy itself started in September of 1969 after Iowa's Drake University student newspaper published an article addressing rumors on campus that there were hidden messages in the Beatles' music, most notably the White Album's song Revolution Number no. 9. And from there, we can assume that the conspiracy took off like a wildfire because the next month, the Beatles' press officer had to address rumors directly reporting that because disc jockeys were calling them 24-7 trying to figure out if it was true or not. And they were getting so many letters from concerned fans that they had to figure it out. And 
Paul McCartney himself actually addressed it on the 21st of October, like a month later after it all kind of sparked on the cover of Life magazine, assuring the world that he was in fact alive. So in like a month's time span in the late 1960s, this took off like wildfire. It's kind of crazy. And then um, this is when a lot of people decided to drop the conspiracy. People were like, oh, oh he's alive, whatever. But now, I mean, looking back, in 20, it's 2018. We, we know that there's cover-ups all the time. So you never know. It's still, still kind of curious. Um, so kind of getting into the alleged car accident, McCartney um, was allegedly driving on the road, and this was on November 9th, 1966, and he had reportedly just been at the recording studio with his fellow Beatles, and um, they got into a large argument, um, supposedly over song lyrics, something like that, and he got into an altercation with somebody, and he decided to leave. So at this point, he angrily drives off in his white Austin Healey, and in a fit of rage, something happens. He crashes his car and dies, allegedly. So in the aftermath of this, the MI5 agency um, was then dispatched because of the high-profile nature of the case. MI5 concluded that McCartney's death would cause mass suicides if made public to the world because at this point the Beatles were reaching the height of their popularity. I mean, this is late 1960s Beatlemania. was crazy. So they concluded that they would simply just replace Paul in the band with a double, and this would be a um, Canadian man um, named... Uh, William Campbell, and he had won a McCartney lookalike contest that was sponsored by the United States teenage magazine Tiger Beat and um, uh, Dick Clark's bandstand. So after some plastic surgery, uh, just some minor plastic surgery, just to like get him as close to the normal Paul as they possibly could, they'd throw him in there with the Beatles for all of the press and all the concerts, what have you. And um, there was like apparently an inside joke in the band, and they nicknamed him Paul or false or fake Paul, but it was shortened to fall just to, I don't know, logistics. And um, the surgery that was done on fall, um, this was apparently surgery to the upper lip, eyebrows, chin, and he went through speech therapy to get their amazing Liverpool accent. So kind of getting into like the actual, like, like the art and all the clues that people have been picking up like over the past 50 years, like so many have come up. Um, the Beatles apparently chose to put clues on the on their um, cover art and their music because they were kind of internally frustrated with what they had done. Um, their choice to fool the world, it made them feel guilty and they were supposedly being held by MI5 in this type of agreement that if one of them said something or kind of gave away the secret that they would be killed. So this is kind of like their creative outlet for that. So there's like so, so many examples. I'm gonna try to get into as many as I can, but I'm gonna start with the music first. So as I mentioned, um, the White Albums Revolution number nine, if you play it backwards, like back scrubbing, it says, turn me on dead man, turn me on dead man. Um, this is kind of referencing um, how um, Paul was John's creative muse and with him gone, like turn me on dead man, like wants his muse back. Um, also on the White Album, I'm So Tired, John is speaking some clear gibberish in this. It's kind of like known for that song that he's speaking gibberish. And at the end, like all this, if you play it backwards, it sounds like Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him. Just different things like that. The back scrubbing, it's just very interesting. Um, the song Nowhere Man, um, Paul is supposed to be the nowhere man sitting, sitting in a nowhere land, blah, blah, blah. Like that is all about Paul. The song Girl was about Paul's then girlfriend, Jane Asher, and this was his girlfriend before he allegedly died. And the, the lyrics in the song kind of reference, will she still believe when he's still believe it when he's dead? Just different things like that. The song I'm Looking Through You, this is apparently John Lennon, like talking about how fake fall 
Paul, like false Paul, how fake he is and how we can see right through it. And like, it's kind of crazy how fake he is. Um, this is also the point in time where they started to opt more for a psychedelic sound because it helped distract people from like the change in um, Paul's tone of voice. Um, this is also when Harrison himself started to write more music because, because um, the actual Paul was not around anymore. They didn't have the, the creative juice that Paul McCartney seemed to have. So Harrison kind of stepped in, kind of referring to um, the song Tax Man, the lyrics, if you drive a car, I'll tax the street. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. Um, they are yelling during these specific lyrics. They're yelling what sounds like Paul, like in the background, kind of addressing like, oh, he was driving a car, Paul, like, and now he's too cold. He's dead. Like, Paul, Paul, Paul. So there's that. Um, Eleanor Rigby, obviously, could, you could assume it's about Paul's funeral. Those lyrics are kind of famous. Um, Yesterday and Today songs, like, when you, when you look at them on the back of the album cover itself, like, the order they are in, they are kind of telling the story of mourning and, the like, the struggles that the Beatles are going through now that Paul is gone, just the way the, um, the album cover is kind of um, in order. Um, the song Getting Better on Sgt. Pepper's, if you back scrub it, it, says, it literally says Paul is dead, he lost his hair, his head. This is referencing that he was most likely decapitated in the car accident. And um, at, the, at the end of the song, Strawberry Fields Forever, there's a certain section where John Lennon's voice is distorted. And it sounds, what the conspiracy is that he is here saying, I buried Paul, but John quickly came out and disputed that, said it was cranberry sauce or something, but he had to dispute that. So kind of getting it now more into the cover art, um, they use distortion lenses on rubber sole, the cover rubber sole to kind of hide the, um, balls like the swollenness in his face from the plastic surgery on the back of rubber soul he's the only one smoking a cigarette even though they were all smokers and at the time cigarettes were kind of kind of um termed like coffin nails because they i don't know i guess they looked like them i don't know that's the conspiracy um the nowhere man the single for like the single like record the album cover paul is looking in different direction than the rest of the beatles and his right eye appears swollen and this can be like seen from any google image um beatles opt for drawings on the cover of revolver this kind of helps keep fall out of the pictures and fall is once again the only one looking away an open palm is over his head symbolizing a priest's blessing of a body um Yesterday and today's album cover is like was like initially like butchered baby dolls. I don't know for sure if for if this actually ended up being it, but like it's kind of um like kind of pointing out Paul's accident and the cover art was then changed to I think the initial release of it was like the Beatles all together with Paul inside a trunk. This kind of represents a casket and actually when you turn it over on its side it actually looks like he's sitting in a casket. So Sergeant Peppers is like the biggest one and they they all kind of grew beards for this kind of distract again, like from falls, like uh, surgery scars. And the cover itself is a funeral scene. It's a really busy um, cover. Um, the ground is freshly dug. This is kind of referencing a grave. Um, if you mirror Lonely Heart, like this is on the cover of the bass drum on the Lonely Heart Club um, record. If you mirror it, um, it says 119, he died. This is referencing um, November 9th, the day he died. Street, three strings on the flower guitar on the ground signifying the three remaining beetles. Um, once again, you see the use of an open palm over Fall's head. This is signifying, once again, um, the blessing of a body. And on the back cover, Fall's once again the only one facing away. 
And um, another big one would be the cover of Abbey Road. This is, of course, supposed to be a funeral procession. John, he's wearing pure white. This is supposed to be Jesus, representative of Jesus or a pastor. Ringo is a pallbearer. George is a grave digger wearing like all denim. And of course, Paul Fall is the corpse. His eyes are closed. He's barefoot and he's holding a cigarette or his own coffin nail. He's also on different footing than the rest of the um, Beatles to kind of signify also that he's in another life potentially. The license plate on the Beatle car in the background says 28 if. He'd be 28 if he were still alive as of like the next year, like he would have been 28. And then there's the black police van in the background. This is kind of playing that MI5 and that they were watching them, forcing them to continue to make music, things like that. And then on Magical Mystery Tour, if you hold the album upside down, there's, of course, holding it right side up, it says Beatles in all capital letters. But if you flip it upside down, it allegedly spells out um, the numbers 537148. And if you call this number, it would apparently direct to a funeral home. And... Um, there is an image on the back of Paul being decapitated at one point. So those are like the big main examples that I found and that I found the most interesting. There's probably so many countless more that you could come up with, but those were the ones I thought that were worth mentioning. Um, kind of getting into the documentary, a documentary came out in 2005. Many people, like some people describe it as a mockumentary. It, to me, it actually really doesn't matter. Um, it's called Paul McCartney Really Is Dead, The Final Testament of George Harrison. It's allegedly um, tapes that George Harrison made before he died, kind of confessing this all to the people since now he had nothing to lose, he was going to die. Um, it does sound a lot like George Harrison at the end of the day. I, I don't know if it's a joke or not. It's Look it up. It's on Amazon. My mom bought it. <laughs> Um, it's, some people believe it's, um, supposed to mock the conspiracy, but, um, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it do actually does a really good job of outlining all of the clues and like outlining kind of like the timeline of this conspiracy and how it's progressed throughout the years. It's act it, even if it's bullshit, it's really interesting. And then kind of getting into the, um, oh, continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> And kind of getting into the aftermath of like everything. Um, obviously, we know that John Lennon comes to America. He moves here. This is supposed to be um, kind of his way of trying to get out of like being on the grip of MI5. Like they're putting, he's allegedly like kind of breaking out because the, while all this is going on, like all the clues, like this was all what John wanted. Like he was the one that was mainly pushing for like the clues and like wanted to tell the world through clues that this was all going on. So MI5 was really putting a lot of pressure on him specifically. So that's part of the reason why he came to America. And of course, we know that he is eventually murdered outside his New York City apartment on December 8th, 1980. And of course, there's always been conspiracies about this. Um, I mean, make of it a, as you will. Of course, in the context of the Paul's dead conspiracy, one could argue that MI5 was behind it all. And they had some assailant shoot him dead because he was going to go public with this. He had wanted to go public. And then, of course, we know that George Harrison is attacked in his home on December 30th, 1999, and he is almost stabbed to death. One could argue he was going to do the same thing. But, of course, we know that George Harrison eventually dies in November of 2001 of brain and lung cancer. So it's kind of crazy. Like, this conspiracy is going to be, like, 50 years old. It's, like, and, um, 
So it was started in September of 1969. So next year it's going to be 50 years old. I think that that's the right math. Um, it's still mentioned today in popular culture. It's so weird because I'll like watch a random movie. Like I remember one time I was watching Sleeping in Seattle, and the little boy, like um, Tom Hanks's son, in the movie was like, "Oh look, Daddy, if you play if you play it backwards, it says Paul is dead." And like um, on a Rick and Morty episode that came out last year, they mentioned Paul is dead. So I just think. Even if it's all, all complete bullshit, it's likely all complete bullshit. But I think it's just funny. Like, it's still, like, awesome that it's still going around. Like, people are still pushing it. <laughs> well, you always, you, you always, I will, I'll make an argument to your point that if you think about how many pop culture jokes there was about Kevin Spacey being, like, sexually assaulting people, and then all of a sudden it comes out last year that, oh, he actually does that shit all the time. And like it's been just kind of like a hidden joke in things for years, um, so so maybe they're hinting at it in pop culture because it's true. But um, I, first off, I gotta applaud the prep work. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, really? Wow. Absolutely yeah, amazing. More, more prep work than we do. <laughs> oh, I'm a college student. <laughs> our case class. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was awesome. Um, I do I do have a question. Yeah. Is your is your adrenaline going? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get this weird thing and I don't get it when I do the podcast, but like I can get up on a stage. I can sing karaoke. I can make a fool of myself in front of a room full of people. But anytime there's a radio contest on the radio <laughs> and it's like, okay, we'll take caller number three. And I call my fucking heart beats out of my chest. It's like an adrenaline rush. And like, even when he like calls, he goes, oh, hello, you're caller number four. And I go, oh, oh okay, thanks. I'm like, I'm, I get just like an unbelievable, like, adrenaline rush from that yeah and then listening to your talk i could kind of tell that your drum's going i'm like i never thought of that i wonder if people get that calling to talk to us get nervous i mean i get that just calling the radio guy yeah (laughs) it's so weird um nervous i stutter a lot so i was also like nervous oh like am i just gonna stop talking and like forget what i'm talking about that'll be really bad so no it it was it's good but here's here's why i personally hate this theory (laughs) <laughs> um, it's okay. I don't take it personally. It's fine. <laughs> um, here, my biggest issue with with it is the Beatles were fucking huge. Yeah, super talented. Um, Paul McCartney, arguably one of the best Beatles. Yeah. Even so let's say let's say pre nineteen sixty six, arguably one of the best Beatles, writing all their songs. Yeah. It's one thing to look like Paul McCartney. It's another thing to write music and be as talented as Paul McCartney. Yeah. So for me, so for me, I'm always like, you're going to tell me that Paul died. They find this guy at a lookalike contest. Who's a dead shot ringer. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to, I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, Oh, that's Paul McCartney. There's not a fucking chance that guy's as talented as Paul McCartney. Never. Like, maybe you can teach him to sing, but you're not going to be able to teach him to write music. You're not going to teach him. And for him to then, then this guy who steps in for Paul McCartney goes on to have one of arguably the greatest music careers in history. Mm -hmm. Right there, that's too much for me. I'm like, no. I'm like, if that guy was as good as Paul when he was in Canada, he, he would be like, he would be Paul. He would be bigger than Paul was then yeah. right they'd be like oh we got this canadian guy that looks like paul mccartney <laughs> fuck he's writing some incredible music yeah yeah right the ta- that that part for me that's what kills it because i'm like he he was too talented of a guy for them to just be like we got a dead shot ringer holy fuck this guy can write music too 
he can write Beatles songs, and then the Beatles get better with this new guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's where, like, for me, I'm like, ah. Yeah. Uh, here's here. One thing that, I didn't mention, but they mentioned in the do- in like the documentary. I wasn't sure if it was worth mentioning, but apparently before um before Paul had allegedly died, um him and John Lennon had actually written so much music that it would have lasted like the Beatles a substantial career. So apparently, like he had a lot of music even like going forward, like even to like their most late albums. Apparently, he had they had that much music written because they were just so good together. Like they were both each other's muses. They got along so so well in that respect i mean they had different things that they wanted apparently but they wrote music very well together so apparently they wrote a lot in that time and that's people's explanation for but, that and then yeah but paul but, still still writes music that's the thing right oh yeah, yeah yeah you're right yeah paul still <laughs> writes music he's he's had an incredible solo career yeah right so i'm like okay like i could see uh, yeah maybe they had a bank of songs that they wrote together but you're not going to tell me that they have they wrote years of music yeah <laughs> yeah you're right no, you're with right. with That's... with like with instrumentals and stuff like i'm like it's just too much the guy's too talented and i'm like i never get that like he dies like if he dies i don't care what year it is like so whoever gets the car crash first right someone call say someone there's a car crash someone calls it in mm-hmm. right yeah. you're gonna have ambulance you're gonna have doctors. You're gonna have all this. You're gonna have all these people that need to keep their fucking mouth shut. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the right there, MI5 or MI whatever comes in, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't tell anyone." This mm-hmm. is Paul McCartney. I always thought that was funny because it was like, it just I don't know. It's just like like they thought they were that big that they, everyone was gonna kill themselves. But that was like a funny point that people always bring up about that. I think um, one thing that they mentioned yeah. in the documentary was that um, the song there was a woman named Rita that saw that it was um, Paul McCartney. That's where lovely Rita comes in. So it wasn't like nobody else knew about it, and it was it. Was, I don't know. It was just yeah. yeah. Well, you think like people like people fucking blab, right? Like there's, I just think it's too much. There's there there would have to be. It's one of those ones where. Too many people have to be involved, and they would be the luckiest guys in the world to find this guy who's Paul's age, a dead ringer, and he's unbelievably talented. Arguably, and I would say if Paul did die, new Paul is more talented than <laughs> old Paul. Oh, that's true. <laughs> probably, Look, probably. What are the odds of that? A guy who looks exactly the same, and he's more talented. Um, yeah, honestly, like, um, whoever, Paul, Paul, whoever it is that's, that Paul, honestly, <laughs> who's still with us today, like, he's great. Like, he honestly does so much social activism. I was, like, not trying to slander anybody, just, he was, um, I just always think this is conspiracy is funny. My friends always make fun of me when I talk about it. I just think it's great. Just, just funny. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, it, you know, it's, it's, it's been around for absolutely forever. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I feel like it's like kind of. It's kind of spawns kind of like a trend. Like, I feel like there's a conspiracy theory that, and this is true, there is a conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne died and was replaced. There's a conspiracy theory that Kylie Jenner died and was replaced. So, all right, I got, I got, just, I got to jump in here because we, well, we got a couple people waiting, but there's definitely, yeah. I got, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing about this conspiracy. Obviously, there's lots <laughs> of, lots of things that add up or people connected and it's really cool. But at the same, yeah, same time, crazy. This new Paul McCartney has been Paul McCartney twice as long as the old Paul McCartney. Just like Brayden said, True. his music, his musical, his musical career is twelve times as long. Like he's just mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't know. I, I could see this happening back in the six, like when it happened in the sixties, like people could get on, get on board really easy. Cause like information was not widely known, but over the, yeah. over the years and years, I think like when someone's on their deathbed, you think that's when they spill it. Like George Harrison, he's fucking dying of cancer. Like really spill, yeah. really spill it then if you're if it is. But yeah, you like, you came in super prepared is really cool. And like, it, if nothing else, it is a cool theory. Like putting all that stuff together is that's the fun part, yeah. right? And it, and it is funny. We did just we did just talk about it on a on a, a podcast that hasn't been released yet for uh, Patreon listeners. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Dan, Dan and I uh, talk, talked about it a little bit. Awesome. Okay, real quick, shameless plug, you guys. I don't know if you did it. I mean, I've listened to like all your episodes at this point, but I don't remember this. If you got, you guys should totally do Georgia Guidestones if you haven't already. I feel like that's right up your guys' alley. Ooh. Yeah, those are super cool for sure. Georgia Guidestones. We'll have to. Awesome. We'll, we'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. Awesome. Thanks, Angelica. Thanks, Angelica. Yep. We'll, ta- My pleasure. we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. Cool beans. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, Angelica. That was so well put together. It was a real treat to listen to, and it was fun talking with you. All right. Our next caller is Kai from California, and he is calling in with a UFO story. Always cool. Okay, so my name's Kai, and I live in uh, California. I live on the coast of California, kind of near San Francisco, I guess. Awesome. And um, so the the UFO story is uh, is from about like three years ago. Um, I have a I have a friend that used to live with me, and um, I was just I was at my house, and he was uh, he was on his way over and. He was going to pick me up and we were just going to kind of drive around. And uh, where, where I live is it's, it's a small town, 2,000 people. We're about 45 minutes away from like any any big cities or any bigger towns. Um, so there's not a whole lot to do around here. So we were just going to drive around, you know, kind of talk and just see what's going on. So he, he called me a couple times to let me know he was outside. And uh, I didn't answer because I was just getting ready to run out there. And uh, he kept calling me, which I thought was weird. And then I checked and there was a text message. And he was like, dude, get the fuck out here. Like, you got to see what's going on in the sky. So as soon as I saw that, I ran out there and I ran out and he was just standing by his car. And uh, and I was like, what is it? Like, what's going on? He was like, oh, you missed it. And I was like, well, what was it? And it's kind of hard you know, when somebody tells you that they just saw something crazy, like it's hard to relate if you didn't see it. So he told me what happened, but it was hard for me to really, you know, take it too seriously or, or be that amazed by it. Cause I wasn't there watching it. But basically what he said happened was he was standing outside of his car, smoking a cigarette and he was looking up into the sky and, uh, he saw a star that just kind of looked a little off. Like it was just shining a little bit brighter and a little bit just sparkling, just kind of a different way. And uh, he started to focus on it. And as soon as his mind kind of fully focused on this star and he like really like pinpointed it and and his body was kind of like conscious of the star acting a little bit weird, it just started to move across the sky until it was gone. But it had been totally still right before that point. So he's telling me that and, and I didn't think that it was like that crazy i just thought maybe it was a satellite or or maybe it had been moving before and then it stopped and then was moving again i mean you know there's all kinds of weird stuff up there that aren't necessarily ufos like uh satellites and stuff so 
He like told me that. Tons of weird what? shit. Yeah. So he told me that, and I didn't think much of it. So we were driving around, and we stopped at this place that we like to hang out and smoke cigarettes and talk and stuff. So we were just chilling, and uh, we were looking up at the sky, and um, he was like, okay, okay, dude, like, look at that star. Like, you see that star? And I was like, yeah. He's like, doesn't it look a little bit weird to you? And I was like, I mean, I guess so. It's it's definitely pretty bright, but, like, it could be a planet or, you know, a satellite. He's like, okay, just try. Let's just try. So just focus on that star and, like, put it in your mind and just, like, like try to, like, tell that star that you're aware that it looks a little bit weird. So I did that. And literally the second that I did that, it started to move. And it started to move across the sky. So then his story became a lot more real and I was like, holy shit, that's pretty fucking weird. You know, that like, what is, what are the odds that that would happen again? Like only within the hour of you telling me that it just happened to you. So we went back down to my house and we were hanging out on the deck and my mom came out and we were talking about it and she's like, Oh, what are you guys talking about? So we, we told her what had just happened. She's like, huh, that's like super crazy coincidence. And we're like, okay, let's let's see if we can do it again. Like, let's try to will it into existence again. So we all look up into the sky. So now it's like three people at this point. And we're looking up in the sky. And we see another star that was shining just a little bit off. It was, it was a little too bright. And just, you know, it just didn't look like it fit with all the other stars. So we're like, okay, mom, like, look at the star and focus on it. And, like, put it in your mind that you're watching this star. So we all did that, and sure enough, this fucking star just started to move. The second we kind of like put it in our mind that we saw this star, like kind of told it, we're like, okay, we see you, you're looking a little bit weird. It just started moving across the sky. So there was like a two-week period where we were seeing these stars, where we'd see these stars, and we'd sit there and look at them and focus on them, and they'd start to move. And it... We, we didn't have, like, the chance to, to, like, show other people just because of the timing, but we did get to show my mom, and she saw it, too. But for just me and my friend, this happened for about two weeks, where I'd either be, you know, driving along the road or just walking outside at night to grab something, and I'd look up in the sky, and there'd be a star, and I'd be like, that one looks like one of those things, and then I'd look at it, and it took about, like, 20 seconds or 30 seconds to focus on it, and then it would start to move. So after that two-week period of that happening, it kind of fizzled out where we didn't see as many of them. And uh, then there was this one night where it got really strange, and it almost, like, it, we didn't really know what to think about them, but then there was this one night where it kind of, like, hit us that maybe this wasn't, like, the best thing. So basically what happened was I was out on this dirt road, and uh, I take a lot of pictures. I'm a photographer. So I was, I was out on this dirt road in the middle of the night, and I was just trying to take some star pictures. And I was leaning against my car, and I had my tripod set out doing a long exposure shot, and I saw one of those stars. I was like, okay, like I'm going to focus on this one. So I was looking at it, and I got like overwhelmed with almost this like really negative feeling almost like fear but I I didn't like know what I was feeling afraid of but it just kind of over you know overwhelmed my body and behind me there was like a cliff like a 20 foot cliff that kind of led into some into the forest and I heard 
this kind of crunching, like something moving around up there. And this feeling of fear started getting like way more intense. And I was looking at the star and the star started to move. And as it started to move, this boulder came tumbling from the woods above me. And I actually had to move out of the way. And it was like probably like a two or 300 pound boulder just came tumbling from the woods and flew off the cliff behind me and landed damn near pretty much where I was standing. And then after that, I never saw one of those moving stars again. Crazy. That's so weird. Yeah. It's, so that was, that was, I, I think it's funny that you say that you like, you look at it and you're like, you will, you like, I see you kind of thing. Cause anytime I'm like camping in the woods and I see like, you know, I don't like whatever a plane or a light that I don't really know what it is. I do that same thing. I like look at it and I like, I like project like the words in my mind. I'm like, I know you're there. I know you're watching me. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep moving. I always do that. It's so weird. And then to hear you say that and you're getting kind of success with like willing these things. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of cool. And in that like one time, like maybe I just looked at a bad one, whatever they were, I looked at kind of like a mean one, an evil one. And he was like, oh, this guy's, you know, looking at me and he's letting me know that he sees me. So I'm going to fuck with him and like throw this rock at him almost. Weird. Uh, it's no different than giving a guy a stink eye at the bar. Same thing. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I work at the bar. Fucking, you want to go, bud? <laughs> Drop them. I learned my lesson from that one. Stink eye at the bar? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone, everyone's been there um, at least a couple times. What do, you got, uh, what do you got for paranormal? So, I mean, I don't feel like it's a ghost, really, but I guess it kind of just falls in that category. But basically, so I told you I live in this kind of rural area, small town in California, and there's these long, windy roads that you pretty much have to drive over a mountain to get anywhere out of town. And it's like an hour-long drive. So uh, this one night, it was probably 3 in the morning, I was driving back home from one of the closer towns about 45 minutes away and uh, it was really late and I was pretty tired. So I had my windows down and I was blasting my music trying to not fall asleep at the wheel. And this, this drive is over a mountain. So they like blasted into the mountain to create the road. So on one side of the road, you kind of have a big ledge, probably 20 to even 25 foot ledge that then just leads into straight forest. And then on the other side of the road, you have a drop off that basically just leads into straight forest as well. And there's like absolutely nothing in between that town and my town. And there's, it's just wood. So I was driving on that road super late at night and, uh, and I was, I was pretty tired and all of a sudden from the right side of the road. So from the 20 to 25 foot ledge, this man in a suit, like a business suit, jumped off of the ledge and landed right in the middle of the road, about oh. 15 feet in front of my car. And I slammed on the brakes and I was just stopped in the road with my high beams on this guy. And he curled his body up, you know, like after a big jump. So he kind of curled his body up and fixed his suit and just stared right at me. And he was like, I would have to say like almost seven feet tall and Shit. he just, he just fixed his suit and then he just walked off the other side of the road and jumped back down into just 
the forest, into the black woods. And on the whole drive before then and afterwards, I didn't see like a single parked car. There's absolutely nowhere else to be. And I was like maybe halfway through the drive. So that would have had to have been probably 20, 30 miles from the nearest town. So I kind of just like shook it off. You know, then I had like a surge of adrenaline. I just drove home and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to think about it. And I kind of maybe thought that maybe I'd like fallen asleep at the wheel and like maybe none of that really just happened or it was kind of like a shock to my system. And I didn't tell anybody about it because there was like, I don't know, there was, there was like lots of weird things going on, but um, I never told anybody that that had happened that night. Um, I just brushed it off as just like, you know, maybe I fell asleep at the wheel or I don't, I didn't know really what to think about it. So a couple years had passed since that happened. And uh, I was driving not on the same road, but another road back into town. And um, there was a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And then it was at night and it was cold and foggy. So I decided I would pick him up. And he was kind of this, this crazy guy that I'd seen around. And I knew, I knew he was harmless, so I didn't mind picking him up. But he was kind of crazy. So I picked him up and he was just babbling in my passenger seat about you know kind of nonsense and as I was driving he pauses for a good minute and I see him out of the corner of my eye looking at me and it kind of gave me the creep so I looked back at him I was like like what's up man like what's going on and he just looks at me he's like I know that you've seen the guy in the suit damn and I was like what and it took me a minute you know, it had been a, been a while since that happened to me. So I didn't like know what he was talking about right away. I was like, what, like, what the fuck? Like what guy in the suit? What are you talking about? And he's like, I know that you've seen the guy in the suit. And then it hit me that we were talking that, you know, he was talking about that guy. And I was like, I didn't know what the fuck to think about. It. I was like, how, like, how do you know? Or like, what do you mean? Like, I, and he was like, cause I've seen him too. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he just didn't say anything else about it after that. Crazy. But that was like after I hadn't told anybody about that or anything. And then I just pick up this crazy guy and like, I know he was talking about the same thing. And, and he just, he just said that he's like, I know that you've seen the guy in the suit. And then he said that he's seen him too. Shit. Did the guy in the suit have a face? Well, so I had my high beams on, so all the all of his skin, like his hands, you know, the exposed parts were pretty lit up. So honestly, I couldn't really like make details out in his face. It was all it was pretty bright, but like I couldn't really say if he had a face or not. Like I tried to rationalize it and say yes, he did have a face, but I can't even tell you if he did or not, really. Crazy man. That's pretty insane. Oh man. Yeah, I've got to yeah creepy yeah it was super creepy and there was like you know like i've heard the legend of the slender man and stuff and i looked up a lot about that to try to see if there's any correlations and like he looks like him but i'm not going to go as far as saying that it's the slender man but i think that whatever this guy was he's definitely a variation of a slendery man for sure and uh and it was creepy. The whole thing was not, you know, there was not good vibes behind it. Like this guy was, whether he was real or paranormal or what, he was up to some, you know, some weird business in the woods out there. It's weird because I have a, I have a, I think on 58, I talked about a time 
where I've, I've seen like a guy in a suit kind of thing walking and fucking weird. Gives, just gives me this chills thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was super creepy. And, and then I've never seen him again. I like tell now, now that I talk, you know, I've told people that story and I like tell people that I'm with about seeing him and then I'll drive them up on that road and, and try to will him into existence or something, but I've never seen him again. But there has been some weird stuff on this mountain that I live nearby. I mean, there's there's been bodies have shown up on the mountain with like no real cause of death and uh, and just all kinds of weird stuff. There's lots of car crashes. So what's uh, there's definitely, what's the mountain called? It's called Mount Tam. Mount Tam, just outside of San Francisco. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll look it up. Maybe there's some uh, some weird going on there. Yeah, who knows? I'd be curious to. I've never really looked up the history, but there's there's some weird history out here. It's like an old logging place, kind of where I live. So it goes back into like, yeah, it's just like it's an old logging community, kind of around here. And I'm sure that there's all kinds of bizarre uh, energy from back in those days, all the way until now, for sure. Right. Um. Yeah, I, if you guys want to hear the sleep paralysis story, I've I've been having it for a long time, and I got one pretty good one that happened actually kind of recently. Maybe just just save that one for us because uh, we got we got our last caller here, and then uh, we uh, are gonna call her in for the night. But that's uh, those stories are awesome that you gave us there. Those are- cool. Well, I look forward to hearing this uh, this show. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll have it edited up and out uh, sometime. You know how we work slowly, but it'll be out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sweet. Cheers, man. Thanks for calling in. And uh, we'll talk talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, Kai. We love a good UFO story. Our next and final caller of this episode of Open Channels is Lindy from Utah. And she's calling in to talk about cattle mutilations and how a lot of the cases are never solved. It is pretty cool. And we will be doing a case file on it sometime in the near future. Check it out. Okay. All right. Well, um, so I don't know why, um, this like cattle mutilation and like, I think that we refer to it as cattle mutilation, like, you know, here in the States at least, um, because that's like probably what the majority of like, you know, any large scale herd of animal would be here, you know, Mm -hmm. but like they have like kangaroo mutilations in Australia, which like is like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever heard. You know, like kangaroos are not light and fluffy. They're vicious and crazy. Oh, really? (laughs) Wallaby. There's little wallabies. They're smaller ones, but the big red kangaroos, they fuck people up. Anyways. Yeah. Well, like otters are like the sweetest, cutest things ever. Yeah. So yeah, you get to violent as well. There's uh, there's accounts of like animal mutilations all over the world. Not not necessarily just cattle. Yeah. Right. And I'm like such an animal lover. So I don't know if it's like stuck with me because of that, but like. I feel like people avoid it and I don't know if people avoid it because it's like gross and like it is so gross you know and like we are so in our culture like anything gross or smelly like we hate and I totally get it like I'm the same way like a bad smell will ruin my day like you know instantly like I don't want to smell something bad it makes me in a bad mood and so I get it that like we don't want to talk about it because it's a gross topic, but I can't stop thinking about what the fuck. <laughs> right. It is. Uh, it, there is some crazy shit about it for sure. 
like you, have you guys talked about it i've i feel like i've listened to most of your stuff and i haven't really I, heard you I don't, talk about I don't, it much i don't know if we i think we've talked about some i don't know if we've talked about we've ne- like no we've animal mutilation we've never got into the in, we've never got to the mutilation part where like because there's ca- there's like people do fuck with animals right and it's savage yeah and it's but it's like grotesque and non-skilled and very like the people just like break animals bones and cut them up and just leave them but some of these cat, the cat, the cattle mutilations that you're talking about are the ones where like, these cattle are like drained of blood and there's like surgical laser incisions and they're like, well, how the fuck did this happen? Right, 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 right. And I mean, like, obviously in the middle of the fucking woods overnight. Yeah. Oh, I know. And they say it's always like way out in the middle of nowhere where anybody can get to it. And like, they usually say that when it is, they can tell when it's just like somebody fucked with an animal because first of all, like what you said, like it's obvious that it's like man that's done it. Yeah. And they usually find some like crazy guy, <laughs> you know, like he's like at the nearby convenience store or whatever causing ruckus and they like can put them together. But like these types of situations like have no explanation whatsoever. And like there's so fucking many of them. Like so many like there's so many of them and like we just don't talk about it and like there's never been a single person ever prosecuted ever like what the fuck is going on and like the stuff that's going on is like that's removed is always like organs it's like just like random parts of the, the body it's like specific things it's always a pattern and there's never like a, a, an incision or like a wound like how are they getting well, or, out? Or um, lots of ones too are like are perfectly skinned and defleshed, right? In like um, certain spots. And the body will have cuts. They'll have cuts that look precise, but there'll be no blood at the scene. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, there's never any blood. Like they take the blood. Yeah, that's it's fucking. Like there's uh, no blood at all. Like it's gone. There's like, I think the. There was there was one in like uh, what seeing like every now and then you'll get read one like oh it'll be a one off like someone's horse it was someone's horse yes. was mutilated mm-hmm. one horse and you're like you're like okay well even if that's a little weird and some precise cuts I like I tend to I'll tend to lean into that was probably some sick weirdo fucking with someone's horse right. being a dick but then you get ones like there was that one in um uh, I think it was um. I want to say, like, I think Indonesia somewhere. Um, it was like 200, 200, 300 goats. And they were like, <gasps> and they were, they were all the same, like skinned, um, mutilated, uh, loss of blood. And they're just like, yep, open investigation. No word of it ever again. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, and I'm like, like 200 goats, man, that's a lot of goats to kill. Especially, I would like to think that if you're killing one goat around all its goat buddies, they're not sticking around. Right, exactly. Well, and that's the other thing they say, too, is that, like, afterwards, like, these carcasses are not, like, eaten by scavenger animals. They're not, like, destroyed afterwards. Like, animals avoid them. Like, they stay away. You know how they say, like, with, like, crop circles, like, the energy when you get there is like weird. Like you can like feel that energy sometimes. Like even like sometimes I'll make you sick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's like the energy near them is bad. It's like whatever they use to like do the like drain the blood, the mutilations or whatever it is. 
the energy leaves like a lasting imprint on the area around it or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, okay, so there's all of these like factors that are like, I mean, is that a fact? Well, it depends who you ask. What a fact is that I, remember, I just pulled this up because I couldn't remember his name. This guy, uh, Chuck Zukowski. This guy's been, mm-hmm. he's been studying these things for 30 years. And he actually has a book called The 37th Parallel, The Secret Truth Behind America's UFO Highway. And it talks about like through America's heartland where a lot of these catamulations are, there seems to be like a pattern between like UFO sightings, catamulations, and like there's a certain strip across the states where like I guess UFOs are often seen. And he goes right. he goes deep. He goes into all these cases about like the ranchers show up and there's no blood around it, the animals skinned, but there's no blood on the ground. And there's like, how? This is impossible. There's no tire tracks. There's like no one drove out here. It was just like someone no. dropped down, they did it, and they t- teleported away. Right. And it's like all of these cases are the same and they're so like I'll say it again. So fucking many. Like, how are we not like paying attention? Like, I don't understand. Well, it was, I would say like the height of it, the height, like, even though there's been some, I think it was like, I haven't seen a big one in the news for a while, but like the seventies was like the heyday for animal mutilation and like it being like documented and publicized and like, yeah, all over, like, you know, people would say like they saw black helicopters, like dropping cows from the sky, um, like all sorts of weird shit back in the seventies. Right, right, right. And the helicopters don't make sound. No. Yeah, 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 the black. But like so I'm like whatever whatever was whatever is going on with that or gone, like I I would definitely say it's it's um it's definitely slowed down. But then we talked to um why I I'm blanking on his name, Ryan. Who writes those books um about the crop circles? We had him on Fr- um, Freddie Freddy Silva. Yeah, Freddie Silva. Right. right? Remember, oh my god, said, you guys, that's like your best episode. Yeah, that one. He, he's awesome. He talked. He talked about how the like crop circles have dipped too, right? So I wonder if like yeah, well, uh, they I wonder say if they're all like fake, right? Now. You see a downward trend in those, all these kind of things. Well, I mean, okay, so there's like this one lady. Her name's Linda Howe. Yep. She's like, you know, who I'm talking about. Yeah, I recognize the name. Um, she's gonna be an alien con voice. Um. She is like, I mean, she's like the same way. She's been studying the same thing for so long. And on her website, I was just on it today, it said that there were 300 cattle went missing um, in Colorado, Lewis, San Luis Valley, on the 30th of March. Oh, just recently. So it's like, oh, right. Yeah. I'm reading, I'm reading one about cows in Calgary or sorry. Colorado, um, July 2013, that are, are, all their tongues were removed. Surgic, oh, like no, with, it's sur- always surgical, tongues. With surgical it's precision. Yeah, huh. exactly. No, That's surgical, they're always surgical precision. Did we not go over that? Did I yeah, that? I know. It's no, just, yeah, we did. I just, I hadn't no. seen one so recently. No, no, you guys, it's still happening all the time. And it's always the same shit. It's always the same parts, and they're always perfectly removed. There's no like stitches. There's no like. There's nothing left. It's just like they they took them out magically, and then there's no blood. Like, what do they need that much blood for? Okay, are you guys ready for my theory? Hell yeah, yeah let's break it. it down. Okay, 
So you guys have talked about Phil Schneider a little bit, right? Mr. And I yep. think the last time that I heard you guys talk about him, we spoke of him positively, correct? Oh, he's the he's the guy. He's the Dulce based guy who fought the aliens and got his laser f- yeah. fingers melted off, and then he got strangled, or he killed him. Right. He, 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 strangled, he strangled himself. himself. Yeah, he strangled himself. With a, yeah, a piano eye. Right. Yeah. So it's like okay, so you watch these videos, and this guy has like mi- fingers missing. Right. He does. So it's like yep. Like he didn't didn't he make this up. Like I feel like I can believe this guy. Right. So with that being said, he. Um, he is telling his story before he croaks about this underground base that he works in as like a miner almost, right? And he like digs these tunnels. And he came upon this like group on accident, I guess, of what he said were greys. And that like immediately the smell like hit him. That was like the first thing that like his senses felt was like the smell was so bad. And, like, I'm, I'm listening to this story, and I don't know the last time I had heard about cattle mutilations, but for some reason, like, it, like, instantly hit me. I was, like, I, like, the, the only thing I ever can think about when I'm near cows is how effing bad they smell. <laughs> like, they yeah, it's stink. True. They smell they're, so they're, bad. They're dirty, dirty animals. And, like, I'm, all, we are so near cows all the time. I always have lived near cows, and so they're always nearby, and they smell so bad and i was like that's what they are they're totally making like bodies okay so i have the other thing i haven't heard you guys talk much about is like how do you feel about like mediums who feel like like they've claimed that they've talked or you know like connected with ets i never really talk about it because it's kind of a hard one to really to really prove it's hard because i'm sure there's some people who who the problem is i'm sure with a hundred percent, there's people out there that are full of shit. Yep, and that's right, the problem. Yeah, yeah, and there's, yeah. Totally. There, there's hundred percent, way more people full of shit than there are legit people. So it's hard to wade through the bullshit to find people who are are honest in it. It's just like fortune tellers and stuff, right? Like, I'm sure there's some people have really good intuition and stuff and can and can um, like kind of see, you know have visions and stuff. But then there's so many fakes and falsehoods that it kind of it uh, ruins it for it you. Ruins it ruins it for everyone, kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, like that can kind of be said about almost anything. Like I always defend, like police, like cops. My dad's a cop, and like you know, cops get a bad rep because like one cop will snap, or like you know, not one, but like you get one that's like highlighted and he snapped, and then like I don't know. It just seems as though one or two people are you know yeah not they're they're corrupting and so then it makes the whole thing look bad and it's like i really have had experiences where i just like couldn't deny that i felt like it was the real thing you know what i mean yeah there's there's definitely so, definitely um, lots of people like yourself who are like who have like experiences with that stuff or dealt with mediums that are like oh that person was like couldn't have been any more legit right so kind of right exactly exactly and like i don't know if it's my like trying to be positive side (laughs) trying to see the world in a positive light i'm always trying to like hope that there's like a good happy ending to all of it you know what i mean so i don't know with that being said um there's this lady named lissa i don't know if he's named royal royal but um she wrote this book about channeling aliens channeling et's 
And she talks a lot in depth about how they um, exist in different frequencies, which is kind of outside of like my realm of perception, but like that we all live in like different frequencies and ours is really dense, which I just think is so funny because of the way that we use the term dense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause like humans to me are so fucking dense, <laughs> but like, it's just, we're dense. And so there's like people and things, beings, whatever they are in these other realms that are so much not, they're so light, much lighter, I guess is like the right word. So maybe like when we see like orbs and things like that, like that's how we're perceiving something that's on a different frequency again outside of my realm but they if they wanted to be here in a physical form would need an organic body that suited this like climate like this planet you know what I mean like I feel like the only physical way you can live on a planet is if you evolved there yeah, it's like what you gotta, yeah, you gotta be born there. You gotta be born into that atmosphere. Like you have to be of it. You know what I mean? It's like, like the because that like it sounds like so stupid, but like we are. Earth. It's like the day, the movie, the day the Earth stood still. Like the alien comes and he gets like birthed as a human here. I know you mentioned that, and when you guys were on that other podcast, but I went to watch it on Netflix. It's not on there anymore. Oh, you listened to us on the st what was it? st fuck something something cast. yeah brayden was so cute in the beginning and he's like um you're gonna have to bear with this this is our first time on anybody else's podcast <laughs> like that's totally how i felt when i called you guys i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah we've been talking about it all night it's weird to talk to other people when you know- have you guys been drinking um, beers you seem like you're super chill no no beers tonight i did smoke a little weed earlier, oh, but i i've i've been sipping on i'm on my second one i've been I always have a couple on the go in the <laughs> podcast room, but no, I, I got to work tomorrow. It's not, uh, it can't be, yeah. can't be getting meat drill drunk on Thursday. Enemies, Lindy. So okay. what's, what's your, what's your, what's your main theory? We got to wrap it up here pretty quick, but what's your main theory on cattle mutilations? Um, well, it creeps me out, but I got to go dark. I'm like my, Honestly, the reason why I want to talk with you guys about it is I always am looking for somebody to, like, talk me out of my theory because my theory is scary. And I always, like, try to, like, face my fears. That's, like, the whole thing with my, like, truth journey is even if it scares me to still, like, deal with it. And I'm worried there's some sort of underground army being built with, with all sorts of organic material from this planet to make all sorts of monsters and scary things that are going to be really, really bad for the future. What, what, what do you mean monsters? Are you talking like reptilian? Are you talking like the kaiju? I think the kaiju reptilians from... can't live here. I think that reptilians are part of the moon. I think reptilians are like one of the earliest, earliest ones that brought the moon, but that's so long ago that they've evolved to the point where they can't even be here. So I think that we've got like them from afar tinkering you know like you know telepathically so to say with stuff here and making some sort of biologically computable army almost that could overtake us however they want without ruining our planet well, scary, right? Pretty, it, I have three little boys that have to grow up on this planet, and I'm like, "What did I do bringing you into this world?" Yeah, it's definitely a terrifying thought. I don't like. I always, I always lean on. What? Tell me what's going on. What's your theory? What's going on? Like, what the fuck? Well, I believe. Um, I well, you, for me, it's like a lot of these things happen. 
happened where um, coincide with you know UFO sightings and also like secret underground bases. So I I think um, back in the day um, they were just supplying these things for for um, for extraterrestrials that they had in these bases because yeah it, it's they said like they had deals and they'd provide like I can't remember their, can't remember where we talked about it once, but they uh, they like had deal where we would supply um, them with like cadavers and stuff, and uh, so they would they would just do their stuff to these live cattle. But what do they then, need that much blood for? Like I if think they're they doing just, genetic testing, why do they like if they need DNA? They don't need like like how many gallons of blood is in a cow? Well, quite a bit. Whatever whatever they were doing. Right? It's 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 run its course because it's it's definitely slowed down since the heyday of the seventies. Really, so, I mean, so maybe they hasn't... did something or they had some sort of um, I, I don't want to say I can't think of, but some sort of like blood rituals or something that the you know the government and the army was trying to reproduce, and that's why you see such a spike back then when they were trying to reproduce whatever they found out, and then it kind of peters off because they're like whatever it is we don't have the technology to do it. Or don't understand. You it. say Peter's off, but we talked about it just two weeks ago. Two hundred cows went missing. Is that... Right, exactly. It's not petering off at all. Like the trend is continuing. It's not well, going away. I don't. I don't mind petering off, but I mean, like, you just don't. You, you just don't. In the seventies, it was. It's. Oh, oh. In the seventies, oh. like, yeah. I guess you don't hear about it as much anymore. Is what I should have said. Well, and that's my thing about it. Is like, what the fuck. <laughs> like why don't we hear about it it's just the weirdest thing ever to me and this lady like i can only imagine how she feels because it's like her life you know so she's done her whole career so it's like she i mean if it bothers me and keeps me up at night i can only imagine yeah okay i'll what i think is happening is if there is if it is et related whatever et it is is using that biological material for something i don't know if it's necessarily breeding an army but maybe it's maybe it's straight up survival. Maybe there's certain parts of the of the blood or of the cow. Maybe that's what they're using it for. But I don't know about maybe the breeding and. You army. mean like they're like on their planet or wherever? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they're a predator species, and that's just like that's just how they roll. Who knows? But it is it is really cool, and there's a lot of cool stuff with cat mutilations, and you can you can bet that we will be doing a case file on it because yeah, there's a. Uh, Thousands of cases. It's really interesting. Actually. Oh my god, it's out of control how many cases there are, and like that you I'm just looking... don't hear about it. And they say that like the cattle, the, the farmers, like don't want to talk about it. They don't want to come out and say that it happened to them. And like if it happens to them, you know, they're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of a cow on top of a power pole with the like the bottom of its hooves cut off. Yeah, like what? What the fuck? And all the ones where they're like skin to the bone, like on the head and stuff, like well, so fucking yeah. weird. It's always the ears, the udders, the eyes, lips, tongues. They take like the heart, but don't like remove like anything around the heart. There's no like cuts or anything. It's just just the heart. Thanks. We're good. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really really crazy theory. Anyways, Lindy, that's uh, that's it for open channels number two. Uh, thanks for calling in. And you're going to AlienCon, aren't you? I am. Awesome. I'll be there. Yeah. It's like our getaway. We don't ever get out, so we're so excited. I, I haven't gotten my shirt yet. I saw you sent it. But yeah, it should uh, can't wait. It should be there next, like this coming week. That's about. That seems about right. It should be like Wednesday or Thursday. 
if everything goes smooth. Sweet. We're like so old and like, you know, parenting right now. I only bought tickets for Sunday and I happened to be listening to a pod when you're like, we won't be there Sunday. And I was like, damn you. So I bought tickets for Saturday. Oh, oh. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for making me extend my vacay. Hey, no problem. Oh, Thanks we could do. You're welcome. Thanks. You guys we'll are the see best. you there. Thank you guys. It was so fun chatting. Yeah. Bye, Lindy. Yeah, nice chatting with you, too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Lindy. Cattle mutilations. There is some strange unsolved ends to that those cases, so you can be sure that we will be checking it out more in the future. All right, that's it for Open Channels number two. If you have a story to tell, a theory to share, please email us with a quick summary of what you want to talk about to alientheorists at gmail.com. We'll let you know when our next recording session is and we will set up a time and we will get you on the air. A couple quick <clears throat> couple quick things before we wrap it up here. Alien Con, June 15th and 16th. Your boys will be there hanging out as fans. So we're not we're there as just as fans. Just like everybody else. We have no booth, there's no seminars, there's no autograph signings. We're just there drinking beers, taking in all the sights of AlienCon in Pasadena, California. And our goal is to get a big mob of prolapsers just mobbing AlienCon. Hanging out together, going everywhere, going for lunch, going for beers, going to the bar. But if you're going to be there, uh, stay tuned for updates. We'll be putting updates on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And thank you to all our new Patreon supporters. And last thing for today, big shout out to our Patreon supporters. We have hit a hundred supporters and that means we're going to try and put out an episode a week. But you know us, it might not be a week, but it's going to be much more than it has been. Uh, we're doing our best. So let me give a quick shout out to the people who make it happen. Supporting the show at the highest tier are certified alien theorists, Drew Baca, Graham Ashcroft, and Jesse Doyle. Thank you very much. You guys have been supporting the show for a while now. There's still a couple of you who need to get on for your case file, so make sure when you hear this, message us on whatever platform you can. All right, and thank you very much to our newest patrons for supporting the show and pushing us over the 100-person benchmark. We got Shannon Crawford, Morano J. Lucero III. We have Beaky. We have Lindy Rose, Tony Fonick, Tanner, Rick Sanchez, Melissa Pereira, Matt Sapolo, Todd Clement, Rob McFadden, Rich O'Brien, Chris Moreno, Jordan, Natalie Burton, Matt Wilson, Casey Gianzo. Those are our newest patrons. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Uh, we got a lot of big things planned. So if you're on the fence of supporting, yeah, everyone else is doing it. Give it a try. All right, that's it for us, guys. Keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs>